Welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr, and I am your host. The Preaching Matters Podcast exists to help preachers become better at what God has called them to do. And in these podcasts, we talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for being here today, and I hope the episode is a blessing to you. Now, just up front, if you would, please go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a positive review. It'll be a help to us. It'll be a great blessing. And that's the best way you can help any podcast. You can reach me at alancar at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. With that being said, thank you again for being here. Let's go to today's episode and talk about preaching. Welcome back to the Preaching Matters Podcast. Thank you for being here today. As usual, my name is Alan Carr, and I thank you for being with me for this journey toward better preaching. This is episode number 89, in which we're going to talk about how to develop an expository sermon. And developing expository sermons is not easy. In fact, it's always quite a bit of work. However, the work has a great payoff in that you're able to preach the scripture with clarity, you're able to declare what thus saith the Lord, and you're able to get to the central heart of the sermon and present to the people who listen to you a sermon which teaches them, which feeds them, which exposes them to the truth of God's word. And if we're going to build expository sermons, we've got to know the various parts of the sermons and be able to put those parts together in such a way as to make sense in the end, and to produce a finished product that'll be a blessing to everyone who hears it. And just as your mechanic must know the individual parts of an engine and how every part works with the other parts, the preacher must understand the different parts of a sermon and how they work together to form an effective whole or a finished sermon. So I want to give you 10 key words that'll help you think through the different aspects of preparing an expository sermon. And every part I will mention plays an important role in putting together an effective expository message. So let me just give you these. I'll be quick with them and we'll move along and let you get about your day. But the first one of these keywords I'll share is the word observation. The first thing you do is you must begin by taking careful observations from the text. You must ask a lot of questions of the text as you study it. Who wrote this passage? What does this passage say? To whom did the author write the book? Where was he when he wrote this? Why did he write this? How did he write this? Where does this text fit into the context of the whole Bible? How does this text fit in with the flow of the book? What do the key words mean? What are the verbs? And how does each word fit into the sentence? And to make these observations, you'll be required to do multiple readings with an attentive eye. It's said that Harry Ironside, H.A. Ironside, you may have some of his commentaries. It's said that he would read a passage up to 50 times before he began to prepare a sermon on that text. I find that phenomenal. But by reading that text multiple times, 
Dr. Ironside was able to make careful observations of the text, which made him an effective preacher as well as an effective commentator. So spend a lot of time observing and be sure you observe with a pen in your hand and paper handy so that you can write down the observations you see. All those things are important. And again, I'm just passing over this real quick, but every part of this takes time, especially if you're going to find the verbs and get into the major words of the text. You got to do some word studies and some definitions. You got to figure out what the words mean. You have to do some background studies, some contextual work, but it's well worth doing good observation of the text. Even before you get to the outlining process, I think you would do well to sit down with a text and work your way through it and write down everything you see. You may not use everything in your sermon, but at least you will have observed the text and you know what's happening in the text, and that is of vital importance. So the first step is observation. The second step is going to be that of interpretation. So you've got to determine what the passage means by what it says. And at this step, you must know the laws of hermeneutics, which is the science of biblical interpretation. And this requires answering more questions. What is the plain or natural meaning of the text? What is the authorial intent? What did the Holy Spirit mean when he inspired the writer to write this? How does the historical, cultural, and geographical background aid your understanding? What is the literary genre? Are you dealing with poetry? Are you dealing with prose? Are you dealing with apocalyptic literature? And the reason I say that is because the different literary genres in your text are going to be important in this matter of interpretation. What are the figures of speech in this passage? How do cross-references help me understand this better? What is the progress of revelation? In other words, where on the timeline of biblical revelation does this particular passage lie? And I believe at this point, you probably should consult some trusted commentaries and study tools to help inform you as you make this step of interpretation. So handle this well, and you'll wind up with a very biblical message that'll be a blessing to everybody who hears it and in your own life. And then number three, it's the step of unification. Every passage has one unifying theme that runs throughout its whole. So must your sermon. So you should discover the big idea of the passage and present that in your sermon. In this sense, every expository sermon should be a one-point sermon. That doesn't mean you won't have more points in your outline, but in your sermon, you are making one point and one point only. So every message you preach should have one dominant theme or one central thrust. And you want to emphasize that major truth that runs through the entire sermon. So figure out what that one theme is and stick to it and make that one point, make it well as you preach the word of God. Then number four, divisions, divisions. This is where you begin the process of breaking down your text into an outline. You've got to find the main divisions in the passage to be preached, and this will help determine the internal structure of your sermon. So clear headings should be presented. If not stated, they need to be clearly arranged in your mind. Now, when I preach, I use headings that are easy for the listener to recognize. And I think of the homiletical outline as being like a skeleton of the human body. It becomes the backbone upon which you place your teaching. Or think of the outline like a steel beam in a high-rise building. 
all the construction materials will be held in place as they are attached to the sturdy beams. In like manner, the content of the sermon will be best presented by fitting it into an outline of the sermon. Your text is going to tell you how many divisions your sermon should have. The text may talk about three parallel thoughts, or it may give you four observations. Whatever that is, whatever the text tells you as you study it, as you observe it, as you do the interpretive work, that's how many points you'll have in your sermon. And I think that's a key thought. It's not up to us to impose upon a text any outline, but we should be able to take from the text the outline which we will then develop and preach to the people in our churches. So divisions, you've got to break it up into an outline. And then number five is implications. So I think sermon preparation further requires giving careful thought to what the implications of the passage are. So what's an implication? An implication is a truth that is not directly stated by the text, but it's either closely connected or reasonably implied. So though they're not explicitly stated, what inferences can be drawn from what is stated in the passage? All right. The implications explored in the sermon may involve addressing other related doctrinal truths. There will always be practical implications for daily life not stated in the passage but which can be reasonably drawn from it. So study the implications. Look for those things the text implies. Yes, it says a lot of things explicitly. They're clear in the wording, but there are some things which are implied. So when the Bible says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So there is an explicit command for husbands to have the same love for their wife that Christ had for the church. But implied in that is that we have a strong relationship with our wife that is based on love and based on service and based on mutual submission and about putting her needs above our needs and things of that nature. All of those are implications that are not stated in the text, but they are truths which can be drawn from the text. Number six is the step of application. The sermon should address what the passage requires of the listeners. So what are the timeless principles within the text that affect the daily lives of those who hear us? How does this biblical text interact with the daily walk of our hearers? What is the practical relevance of the text? What does it require of those who hear it? What steps should be taken based on this passage? Every passage is profitable for Christian living. And so it is your responsibility as the expositor to highlight the practical applications to your audience. And we talked about applications several episodes back, and applications can be a difficult part of the preaching process, but they are very important. And so I encourage you to pay attention to application. If you're not applying the text, all you're doing is giving an exposition, and it really has no relevance to those who hear it other than exposing them to what the Bible says. But in application, this is where you move from what does the Bible say to what does it say to me? And from those applications, people can make changes based upon what the word of God has taught them. Now, number seven, you have illustrations. So you might choose that illustrations to your sermon manuscript. And as you present the truth of the passage, you may want to show them what the word of God is teaching and requiring. 
The illustrations are like windows in a house. They let the light in and they enable people literally to see what you're trying to say. And these illustrations can be drawn from various sources. There's a whole podcast on this whole episode back of this, or maybe more than one on illustrations, but you can get them from various sources from the scripture, which is the best place in my opinion, from church history, from cultural events, from your personal life, or from other various places. And these illustrations will help your audience see the truth being presented. Be careful that you don't allow the illustration to overtake the sermon, but let it find its proper place of shedding light upon the content you are attempting to expose. So number eight, we'll talk about transitions. Now you want to add transitions to the sermon manuscript. And these devices will connect together all the major divisions into one streamlined flow of thought. Transitions are like bridges, and bridges connect individual islands of ideas, creating a continuous movement of thought. Without transitions, parts of the sermon will appear to be disunited, and the message will feel choppy. Transitions lead from one point to the next and may take the form of a summary of the last heading or they may raise questions that can allow you to easily segue into the next heading. So as you prepare your sermon, work on transitions, work on how you will transition out of the introduction into the body of the sermon. And then between each point in your sermon, how you will transition. And then in the end, how you will transition out into the conclusion. So work on transitions. Very, very important. Then number nine is introduction, our ninth keyword, introduction. So I would encourage you to write your introduction last. You'll need to know what the sermon is before you can introduce it. So think of the introduction as a front porch of a house. Its purpose is to provide curb appeal and draw the listener into its message. The introduction is intended to create interest as well as indicate the direction of the message and where the message is going. It should show the importance of why this message must be preached and must be heard. So the introduction is very, very important. Work hard on that. And as you write the introduction, as you put that together, and I would suggest you write it out in full. And even if you don't manuscript, write your introduction out and memorize it, put it to memory as much as you can, because it will be a blessing to you and it will help those who hear you follow along with what you're saying. And then number 10, the 10th key word is conclusion. And every sermon should have a strong ending that concludes with great impact. Your last words, the last words you speak to a congregation should be lasting words. So a conclusion is like the back porch of the house. It's kind of small, but it's essential for a smooth exit. Imagine going out the back door with no porch. It'll land on your face in the yard. So If you don't have a good conclusion, that's exactly what's going to happen in your sermon. You're going to fall flat on your face. But if you have a good back porch, you're going to step out into the yard and make a smooth exit. And the conclusion may make a final appeal to the listeners to act upon the truth of the message. It may either challenge or comfort the listener, depending on the tone and thrust of the sermon. So pay attention, if you will, to your conclusion. A couple of episodes back, I did an entire episode on the conclusion and why we should probably write our conclusion first. After we've already done all of the study, we know where we're going. We have the outline, all that stuff. 
But when it comes to the writing process, write your conclusion first because it helps you to develop the rest of the sermon leading up to that pivotal moment where you step out the back door, step off the porch, and enter into the yard, and you know how to make a final exit. So I think all of these elements are very, very important and vital, and you and I would do well to get them into our heads, into our hearts, and to make them a regular part of our sermon preparation process. And these are what you need to do to develop an expository sermon. Now, I talk a lot about expository preaching on this podcast, and the reason being is I feel like expository preaching is the best kind of preaching there is. If you're a topical preacher, I'm not going to bash you. I promise I won't do that. But I would say that there is a better way. There is a much better way. And the better way is that of expository preaching. And in expository preaching, what you're doing is you're allowing the scripture to speak for itself. You have identified in that passage all the things you've observed. You've done good interpretational work. You have developed a solid outline based upon that particular passage. You have put together either an outline, an expanded outline, or a manuscript, and you're ready to preach it. And that particular passage will open up the scripture. It will let people see what it says in a way they can understand it. It will apply it to their lives, and it will call them to action based upon what the Bible has said. So I would encourage you to put these 10 elements of, of sermon preparation into play in your life. So if you can answer these questions, and they kind of fit in line with what I've been saying. The first key word was observation, and that answers the question, what does the passage say? The second key word was interpretation. This answers the question, what does it mean? The third key word was unification, and that answers the question, what is its central theme? The fourth key word was divisions, and that answers the question, what are its divisions? The next key word was implications, and that answers the question, what does this text imply? And then the next key word was that of the next key word was application, and that answers the question, what does it require me to do? The next key word was illustration. That answers the question, what are helpful il illustrations or what are helpful ways I can shine light on this? The ninth key word was introduction. How can this sermon start well is the question it answers. Then the final key word was conclusion, and it answers the question, how can this sermon finish strong. And I think answering these questions will address the central part of an expository sermon. So gentlemen, I encourage you to get in there and study hard, prepare well, get your mind around the word of God and let it speak and let God use it in your life in a very, very powerful way. He can, and you can be a great expository preacher. You can take a text. You can observe everything within it. And you can package that into a homiletical outline that will preach the truth well, that will get to the heart of that passage, that will apply it to the people who hear, and that ultimately God will use to challenge them and change them, and that will be a blessing. So I encourage you to pay attention to these matters because they are important. Do you want to be an expository preacher? Then get ready to work. And if you're willing to work hard, and prepare well, 
you can be an expository preacher. And guess what? You won't be boring. People will want to hear what you have to say. They will come back week after week to hear you preach, and they will be fed and encouraged and challenged and comforted and confronted. All kinds of things will happen when you preach an expository sermon. So I challenge you to do it. And by expository sermon, let me clarify something right here. This does not mean you have to preach through books of the Bible. Heard a preacher this week. He was talking about expository preaching, and he made the statement that expository preaching is preaching through consecutive texts of the Bible. That is not expository preaching. You can preach this week out of Matthew, next week out of Luke, the next week out of Genesis, and still preach expository sermons. Expository sermons are taking those preaching units, those preaching paragraphs, as some people call them, the paracopes, the paragraphs in the text, and you preach from those paragraphs what that particular text says in its context. You bring out of it all the truth you can. You then, in turn, wrap that in a great homiletical outline, which you, in turn, present to the people with illustration and application and challenge and exhortation, all that stuff. Expository preaching is simply exposing the text. It's a far cry from a topical sermon. It is a far cry from a textual sermon. The expository sermon stands in a league by itself, and it is not boring, but it is hard work. And so I challenge you to get in the Word of God, dig deep, and learn how to be a great expository preacher. I'm still learning that myself, but I sure do like to try. Man, it is a blessing. And I thank God for calling me to preach and allowing me to be part of his work in the church, and I'm sure you do too. It is a joy to serve Jesus, and I thank God for that blessing. How about you? God has been good to us, has he not? And I give him praise and glory for everything he's done, and I thank him for it. Now, that's all I have for you this week. I'll put these key words in the show notes, and I hope they'll be a help to you. I might even put those key elements and show you which which keyword answers what question that may be helpful to you. But if you will go back and do all of these things in your preaching, God will help you prepare better, preach better, and declare the word better. God bless you. And thank you for joining me today. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Until then, I pray you'll keep preaching because preaching matters. Thank you for listening today to the Preaching Matters Podcast. I hope you learned something. Hope you got some help in your ministry. Please pray until next time and come back next week when we'll have a new episode, Lord willing. Until then, keep preaching because preaching matters. Matters.